0: Hello and welcome to Quick Pitch Podcast. I'm your host, O'S Fan and Gaming. I am a signed content creator to Lagar Gaming, but I started my channel on baseball, so I figured I'd bring that back with a podcast. Um it's called the Quick Pitch Podcast. You can find me on everywhere. You get your podcasts as well as YouTube. And I do have a Twitter account. Um I figured I'd make this podcast. Uh, because I, I really do miss, uh, making the baseball content, uh, for all my OG subscribers, you'll know that I did start my channel on, uh, baseball content. I did, uh, trade breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, so we have quite a bit to talk about today. Um, not as much, uh, as I thought we would, uh, but we, we have a lot of COVID, uh, or uh, COVID symptoms going out in the league right now. We just, uh, saw the Twins Angels series get postponed because I believe there were two positive tests. Uh, yeah, two positive tests. Uh, and it's not like they, uh, blatantly, uh, ignore COVID protocols. Uh, or COVID restrictions of, like, going out and stuff. Uh, but something I do want to talk about, uh, in terms of that which is which was more relevant uh last year but players need to adhere to covid protocol right um we, we saw a lot of covid protocol being broken last year predominantly by the St. Louis Cardinals um i mean the Marlins got covid but i don't think that was breaking covid protocol i think they were just I think that was just uh letting their guard down to an extent. Uh, but that series has been canceled. Uh we'll wait uh, to hear uh anything else about the Twins Angels series, see if there are any new positive tests. But talking about that a little more, uh, we have the Astros, who have a total of one, two, three or five people out because of COVID protocols. That is an absolutely outstanding number. Now, I don't know all the details, and I probably should have figured them out before I sat down and hit record, but come on. Come. I mean, that's five players that have possibly been exposed to covid which exposes the entire team to covid but there's absolutely no way that they didn't like hit a bar or something or like a club <laughs> i mean that's 5 players that puts everyone else at risk that puts the season at risk I think pl- the players need to think about this stuff. They they have to. Because if you just go out, if one of your buddies just invites you out to a club and say, oh, it's perfectly safe, they test you before you go in, and, like they, they take your temperature. My, my favorite one is when they say, oh, well, they take your temperature before you go in. Taking your temperature does not, automatically mean if it's like a normal temperature it does not automatically mean you don't have COVID right my father did not have uh any symptoms of COVID uh including a temperature yet he tested positive which is which is really bad uh considering uh the health uh environment at my house um but i mean you don't there there are people who just carry the virus there's no how do i want to phrase this i guess there's no explicit way to tell if you have the virus without getting tested and i think players especially in this league Need to realize that. Because there's absolutely no way, there's damn near no way that they can get it from players on other teams. It is such a distant sport. You're so far away from other players. Unless you're on the base. You know what? I take that back. Unless you're, like, on a base that you do get close to players, I, I, I take that back. But, I mean, there's no way that they just get that from the other players like on another team like that just doesn't happen especially five people come on and they're all players i don't know how many staff have had covid like symptoms or sores or anything like that it's all it's all a weird it's a weird uh take i guess a weird topic because Two years ago, if a player got sick with like a cold or something, there was not like, oh, what if they have this virus or this virus or this virus? It's just you had a cold and you didn't play for two or three days. It just, it puts everyone on their toes and I really think this is going to crash the game at some point. (laughs) Now, all right, let's move on to something a little more light. Uh, the Dodgers and Padres series. Is it the best rivalry in sports? I, people have been calling it that. I, I'm not quite sure it's the best rivalry in sports. But damn, is it fun to watch. It's it's really fun to watch. Uh, especially last night's game with the jerks and Profar catcher interference call. I mean, with Kershaw barking at, uh, Jerks or profar. I mean, come on, it doesn't get much better than that. Benches cleared, which again ties into COVID. I we really don't want the benches clearing, but uh, I mean, it just it just makes the game fun, man. It really does. It makes the game that much more fun to watch. Makes the game much more fun to the players. Well, kind of. Um, but. I just think it's incredible to watch that Mookie Betts catch. I mean, the, the game, the two games that have been played already have been insanely fun to watch. The back and forth in Game One, and the Dodgers just absolutely shutting down the Padres. They almost ca- they almost made that epic comeback, but Mookie Betts made that absolutely highlight reel catch uh, last night. That yeah, we're going to be seeing that for a very long time on highlight reels, I'd say. I mean, I think it was something saying like a 10% catch probability. I, I'm i fairly confident in saying this. I I doubt any other player or especially outfielder can make that play in baseball. <laughs> and you can at me all you want. It was Fanning Gaming 1. Follow me. <laughs> Uh, we'll circle back around to that, maybe. Uh, the new Red Sox jersey, very controversial. Very controversial, I love them. Uh, they look so clean. Uh, but people, I guess people's main issue with them is that, Oh, they're the Red Sox, why are they wearing yellow and blue jerseys? Shut up. Just shut up. Why are the Red Sox wearing jerseys with red and blue on them? Can you explain that? that's what I thought. The White Sox wear jerseys with red and blue on on them. Why can't the Red Sox wear yellow and blue? That argument is not valid in my opinion, but that's just me. Um, and you know what let's continue on this. Uh, why were the if they're so against teams with a color in their name wearing a other color? Then who got mad at the players' weekend jerseys? It's probably the same people, but the Red Sox players weekend jerseys were blue, I believe. Hold on, I'm gonna fact check that. I, I do believe they were blue at uh, the old players' weekend jerseys, not the like white and black ones that were garbage. And regardless if I'm wrong, which I wouldn't be surprised if I am, because half the time I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, they were, they they, they had they had red on them, but they, they they were blue. They were absolutely blue. Where do we see? Why are the Red Sox allowed to wear blue on their jerseys? it's not even the it's not even the. Players' weekend jerseys in general, they have an alternate jersey that's blue. I mean, just doesn't make does it? Just it's not a valid argument. And in my opinion, just from a a jersey standpoint, they're sick, and no one can deny that. The it just it's a very it's a very bland uh, font, but. The jersey itself, man. I mean, i'd I'd buy that if I was rich. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're they're four hundred thirty five bucks on an MLB Shop. I'm sure you can find them for cheaper on eBay once they uh, eventually drop. But I'm all in. I love it. And, and I I guess we'll stay on the topic of the Red Sox. I don't have this in my notes, but it just came to my mind. The Red Sox are on an absolute tear. Ever since the Red the not the Red Sox, the Orioles, my Orioles sweep them, they have went something insane like 9 and 1, I think. Hold on. Uh, and that might have changed depending on who uh what happened yesterday. Uh let me see. Red Sox standings. Spell standings wrong. That's fine. Yeah, they're ten and four. They have one nine and one since losing uh, that series to the to the Orioles. So they're just on a hot streak, man. Um, and f- for a good reason. They they have a really they have a really nice team. Uh, who do we have? We have Alex Verdugo, who is I uh playing real well. If we Xander Bogarts who's playing. Uh, quite well as well, Uh, and I think the difference maker is actually not in the players, but in Alex Cora. Alex Cora, like him or not, because of the cheating. I mean, there's there there's he's such a good manager. It's like AJ Hinch, like him or not, because of the cheating. He's an amazing manager, and I don't think anyone can deny that. I mean, it's like calling Barry Bonds a bad player because of the steroids. That that that's not a valid argument. He was an MVP before he took steroids, and the Yankees. That that's especially valid with the Yankees. Um, my headset just died, as you can see. There, the LEDs went off. Um. The Yankees have a terrible manager in Aaron Boone. I do not like him as a manager at all. And they're 5-9. They're at the bottom of the AL East. They're behind the Orioles. Now, I don't think that's going to hold up. I I really don't. I do think they're going to end up winning the division. I think they're going to go on some sort of a hot streak eventually. But just something to think about. Red Sox have a great manager in Alex Cora. They're in first. Yankees have a terrible manager in Aaron Boone. There and last. Alright. Um yesterday, Otani made his return to the mound. And I believe he did real well. Um let me check his pitching stats. He played one game. Yeah, I was right. He has a one point nine three ERA. Uh whip is high. Whip is high with a 1.5 whip, um, but a 3.37 FIP, which which is a good which is good. I I like that FIP. The ERA play, ERA plus is 242, which adjusts to parks and stuff, which very good. 242. I believe that if that was over the course of the season, that might be around the same as Pedro Martinez. Um. hits per nine, no home runs per nine, 9.6 walks per nine. What are you going to do? And 13.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, He did not do bad. I I think we're going to expect a very nice season from Otani. I don't think he's going to win the Scion. A lot of people, especially on Twitter, I think, are... Putting him already in a Cy Young conversation. I don't think he'll win the Cy Young. I don't think he'll even come close to the Cy Young. He might place an MVP. Because I believe his hitting stats are... Yeah, he has great hitting stats. He's hitting real well. Um, but putting him in the Cy Young conversations is obscure, I think. Because I, I, don't, I don't think he's, he's a much... And no one can deny this. He's a much better hitter than he'll ever be a pitcher, but has an arm. Splitter's nasty. And like I said, I don't think anyone can really disagree with that. And if, and if you can, you can definitely leave it in the comments if you're on YouTube. Um, Alright, we have some injury updates that I want to touch on. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, who is coming back from a sickness, is exp- is expected to start today against Atlanta. And by today, I mean um, the 18th of April. So if you're listening to this at a separate date, it's around then. Uh, Chris Sale has um, advanced from uh, to throwing off a of flat ground from 120 feet. That's a huge step, but he has not been able to throw off the mound yet. He has not even attempted to throw off the mound yet. And I, and I don't blame him. Absolutely not. don't want to uh over exaggerate yourself and what you can do but i th- i do th- he, that's great progress um light progress but great progress i think uh Kyle Freeland is the last one we'll talk on here uh he has increased his throwing intensity but like sale has not thrown off amount and I- i'm i want to know what the like the science behind that is like what what's the difference between throwing off a mound and throwing off flat ground because i struggle with it sometimes it's just different when you get on the mound and i guess it's something with the way uh that y- you throw the ball when you're on the mound with the uh leg kick the leg kick sound like i have a stutter <laughs> um the leg kick and Possibly, like, the different arm slots for different pitches could play a factor, I guess. But I um, hope uh, they come back soon. And I think Kyle Hendricks uh, is the most likely to right now, obviously, because he's already expected to start. All right, this is some old stuff that I want to touch on, considering it's our uh, first episode here. Uh, the bad play at home during the Phillies and Braves game a couple weeks ago. I mean, wow. That that's just insane to me. Um for all you listening, um just to give you a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of a rundown, I guess is the proper way to put it. Um the Play at home was, uh, I believe, it's probably Darnell and Alec Boe at the plate. Um, uh, uh, Alec Bohm slides in. It's a bit. It's I think it's a bit of a late slide, so he has to come around. The tag is clearly applied, uh, and even if it's not applied. Bohm doesn't touch the plate. It's very clear in, re- in reviews that he does not touch the plate. And and this play even goes into review. And they still called him safe. He did not touch the plate. I, I, I want to make that as clear as possible. He did not touch the plate. There is no denying that. If you watch the replays, you know he did not even come close to touching the plate. Well, I was kind of close, but he did not touch the plate. And that's why the review system is very flawed. Because that was not, at that point, it was not the umpire. It was back in Secaucus or New York that said, no, yeah, he touched the plate before he tagged him. First of all, he made the tag before he came to the plate. Second of all, he didn't touch the plate. How can you mess that up? The reviews, uh, like I, I'll, I'll say this again. This is not on the umpires. This is on back at the caucus in New York. Those are the ones who eventually muffed up this call even more. Because the umpires, they see it so lightning fast that they have a hard job. That they do when it comes to plays like that. But New York gets to watch it a couple hundred times, and then make their decision. And they still messed this one up. I don't get it. I'm not sure I want to get it. I mean, that was cl- clear as day in replay. He, di- he did not touch the plate. In any angle you looked at it, overhead, uh, behind Boehm, in front of Boehm, he, d- he didn't touch the plate and I don't think anyone can deny that. Uh next and final one, and then like I said, we'll circle back to the Dodgers and Padres thing. Uh the Conforto hit by pitch. Um I I don't I I have I have a lot to say about this. F- first question I'll touch on is is it Bush League? Yes. But is Michael Conforto a Bush League player? Absolutely not. This is the first time that this has ever that a Bush League play has even had the name mentioned. Did he stick his elbow out intentionally? That is a question that I cannot answer definitively. Because what it possibly could be is that he had a reflex, he was trying to turn away. You can see a motion that he tried to turn away. But on the other hand, the pitch was a strike. (laughs) It's like the... I forget the guy's name on the Pirates during the Max Scherzer uh, perfect game. He leaned into the pitch, and it was a strike. Sorry about that. had to cough, and I didn't want you guys to hear that. (laughs) Um, Now, the main thing about this play, or lack their play I guess was that the bases were loaded and it had them win the game was it the right move that's debatable it was the easy way out I'll say that it was definitely the easy way out but I would have much rather see him swing the bat and get a hit because Michael Conforto is is a very good player. He's been taking terrible at-bats this year, but he is a very good player, and I think that is evident within the last couple of years. Now, when you think of a Bush League player, Michael Conforto is not a name that comes to mind. He, he m- Most of the time... He plays the game the right way. He definitely plays the game the right way. When you think of a Bush League player, who do you think of? You think of Chase Utley, who is definitely a Bush League player. You might think of Manny Machado, who can be described as a Bush League player. Uh, I mean, you could think of Bryce Harper, but that's not really... He's not really bushly. He just was a hothead there for a couple, couple of years. He got a big of a bit of an ego after that twenty fifteen year. But the the point is, Michael Conforto is not a name that comes to mind. Another thing you have to take into account is that the Mets get hit a lot. But Michael Conforto is not one of those players that gets hit a lot. You have McNeil. McNeil is a player uh, that does get hit a lot. Uh, Pete. Pete gets hit a lot. But Michael Conforto does not get hit a lot. So, And with the combination of that and the fact that the pitch was a strike... It's hard to argue with the fact that Michael Conforto, I do think, uh, stuck his elbow out there on purpose in the in the um, intention to get hit by the pitch so the game could be won. But I guess my main issue is with people on Twitter uh, getting mad. At this uh, fans of other teams i I because Marlin's fans have every right to be upset about this because it costs their team a win. if you are a Giants fan or a Yankees fan or a Cardinals fan, you don't have the right to get upset about this you have the right to express your opinion about this but there's there's no point in getting mad over it especially when you're not in the same division if you're a nationals fan or a braves fan or a phillies fan i understand it's it's in the same division and it affects who is at the top of that division it if if the both the Mets and the Braves were like five and four after our Braves lost, it was like, okay, we just need to make sure that the Mets lose and the Mets win after Conforto sticks his elbow out to get hit by the pitch, then yeah, that that costs them the division lead. But To be a Giants fan or a Cardinals fan and see a team win like this and get mad over it, it it just doesn't make sense. Because it doesn't affect your division in any way. It doesn't affect your team in any way. Because in the scenario that you face that team, that has nothing to do—it's not like a player taking steroids— if if a player is taking steroids like Robinson Cano and is having a great season and crushes your team and crushes like I just thought of a better example. The Dodgers fans have every right to be upset at the Astros after 2017. Yankees fans have every right to be upset with the Astros after 2017. Because that cost them the World Series or an opportunity at the World Series. And, of course, uh, the whole league has the right to be mad at the Astros. Which I would consider that Bush League. And if you're calling Conforto Bush League for this, which it doesn't affect the outcome of the World Series, then I I don't think that fa- fans of other teams in other divisions have the right to be upset about this. All right let's let's circle back um, to the to the Dodgers and Padres thing. Is it the best rivalry in sports? That is a question up in the air right now. And I will answer it for you today. The Dodgers and Padres both have absolute super teams. uh, Both uh, offensively and pitching-wise. For the Dodgers, I mean, who isn't there? You have Mookie Betts. You have Cody Bellinger, who is on the IL right now. I forgot to talk him about him on the injury updates. He is on the IL with, I th- believe, something in his shoulder. You have Justin Turner. You have whew, you have Max Monsey. You have Gavin Lux. You have Chris Taylor. Uh, who's our left fielder right now? Left fielder. Ooh, I don't remember who their left fielder is. Um, uh, you have Will Smith, who is a great offensive catcher, and I believe is catching the Padres and Dodgers game tonight, and, uh, pitching-wise, I mean, you have Walker Buehler, you have Clayton Kershaw, you have David Price, you have Luis Urias, you have Bruce Gratterall, you have Joe Kelly, I mean, you have Kenley Jansen, the, I it's a super team, and there's no way around that. But the Padres have a super team as well. And what makes that NL West so scary is that they're in the same division. And I think that NL West is slowly becoming um, the best division in baseball. I mean, there's, there's no way around that. I do firmly believe that the NL East is currently the best division in baseball. But NL West is coming up there because the Giants and D-backs are not as bad of a team as people think. Um, now, the question everyone wants answered. Are the Dodgers and Padres the best rivalry in sports? I'm going to say yes, and here's why. I know I said no earlier. But I, th- I thought about it I, I, as I was rambling uh, through the rest of my notes. And I've come to the conclusion that they are, and I'll explain why here in the next probably six to seven minutes. The Dodgers and Padres currently have some beef. And... Um, it's for a majority of reasons. You have uh, Jorge Mateo and that that guy. I don't remember his name. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Blake Trinan in that list of pitchers. Yeah, Blake um, Uh So there's a beef about that because of the hit by pitches. Um, and then, most recently, you have um the uh the uh the catcher's interference call yeah there it is <laughs> um let's touch on that a bit actually the catcher's interference call do i think Jerks and ProFar intentionally hit the catcher's mitt for a catcher's interference call it's tough <laughs> it's really tough. Um, I don't think he did, but I also don't think that that was a proper catcher's interference call. And the the reason I have for that is because when Jerks and Profar hit the, the glove, the ball was already in the catcher's mitt. So, it... it 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 really didn't matter. Because the ball was in the catcher's mitt, therefore it really isn't catcher's interference. But, with me saying that, would I be objected to him intentionally hitting the catcher's mitt no and before you go insane on me in the comments uh if you're watching this on youtube i I have a reason and that's because it would have put him through less controversy and made him look like less of a dick And, of course, he's just trying to win. Which is why I'm not completely against the Conforto hit-by-pitch either. I forgot to mention that I am not against um, the Conforto hit-by-pitch. You have every right to be mad about it if you're a Marlins fan. But it makes the game interesting. And I think that's what the game needs right now. Uh, I'm not against uh, if he did it on purpose. I'm not against that. If, If Jerks and Profar... Uh, would intentionally hit the catcher's mitt to get a catcher an interference call, I would not be against it. Absolutely not. It makes the game that much more interesting. Clayton Kershaw made the argument that he intentionally did it. And, well, I do think That the game would have called him out. If it was found that he intentionally did it. First of all I would not agree with that. Second of all. I don't believe. Like I said. I don't believe it's a proper catcher interference call anyway. Because like I said. The ball was already in the mitt. But. Clayton Kershaw. In my opinion. Should have just. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I had to cough again. Um, Clinton Kershaw should have let it go, I believe, because he continued to talk to the umpire, the first base umpire, who had no say in this call, after the play was over. He was on first. He walked in a run, as in he he was at the plate and he walked, which we'll, we'll talk about. That in our next episode. How um, do I don't want to say this? I. He. It's like. Talking about. Bonds. Being. A steroid user. Actually no. That's not a good example. Uh, it's like talking about. Sammy Sosa's corked bat back in the 90s, I think. It might have been early 2000s, actually. And still complaining about it. I mean, it, how does it affect? How does it affect you? I mean, in all fairness, that's not a good comparison either, because we're talking about something from ortho 20 years ago and something that happened... F- not even 24 hours ago so it's not it's not it's still not the best comparison but i i think it it brings my point across as to it's in the past the dodgers ended up winning that game and they just it's it's in the past it it didn't affect the game as much as it was intended to i guess is the way I'd put it. Uh, back to the rivalry. Uh, another situation we had was back in the 2020 NLDS. Uh, we had... Um, the Machado Batflip. And we had... The... Um, the Play... And the celebration from Bruce Darker Adderall, when he threw his hat and his glove up in the air—it w- it was fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> and Machado got Machado got mad about it. And the ar- main argument against that was like, well, you, you you flipped your bat, so you're saying that the Dodgers aren't allowed to celebrate, which is a valid argument. I don't think if you if you flip your bat like Tim Anderson, that you should get mad if the other team celebrates. Uh, an amazing play by Cody Bellinger. I don't, I don't think that's right, but it's that. Like I said, that was in the past, but I'm sure that's still lingering around them, and, and all of that is what I believe. And again, with them both being absolute super teams, I mean the Padres. You have Tatis, you have Machado, you have Profar, Hosmer. Cronenworth I mean and pitching you have, uh, Darvish Snell and we'll, again we'll talk about Snell in the next episode I mean you have Lamette who's going to come back soon Cle- we'll have Clevenger next year and Joe Musgrove who threw a no hitter I mean the, either team could win at any given moment and I think that's what one of the things that makes the game beautiful is that you have a matchup like that. Who happen to be in the same division. It's just insane. And the fact that they the Padres. The most impressive thing about the Padres. In my opinion. Is that they built that super team. In the matter. Of literally two years. That's insane to me. And I do have. Uh, in case you guys are wondering. I I am a. I am a Padres fan, so um, you, you'll you'll be able to tell where I sit on the rivalry. Uh, hungry for hashtag hungry for more, obviously. But uh, yeah, that's really all I wanted to talk about here on this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, go subscribe to my main gaming channel. I do have um, a Fortnite talk uh podcast episode up on there and follow the twitter uh go f- um listen to the podcast on spotify and hopefully every other uh everywhere else you listen to your podcast and i i will talk to you guys later and i'll see you guys